83 actors in this film. There are 83 actors. And as Michael Flint of Paramount Pictures was um, supposed to have said, it carried all that kind of production value because it was designed to be the locomotive that carried weight with exhibitors and with distributors who could then um, look at other pictures, other Paramount pictures. So it had production value and it had a lot of stars. But it's not overbalanced by any of them. Tonight, a film that I really dearly enjoy. It's the Assassination Bureau. This is really a caper movie. It's a prime caper movie. Okay, it's not such a caper movie as movies like Monte Carlo or Bust or those magnificent men their flying machines. That really is a high-flown concept to throw a lot of stars at. This is the same sort of thing, but it's got um, bits of, of, of thriller, bits of spy stuff, comedy, farce, and then lots and lots of actors doing their own thing or being able to do uh, their little bits that they're very famous for. So the kind of actors you've got in here, just to give you some idea, you've got at the top of the shop, Oliver Reed. You've got Diana Rigg at the top of the shop with him. Telly Savalas, Kurt Jurgens, Warren Mitchell's in there, Beryl Reed's in there, only for a little while. Clive Revel, Kenneth Griffith, Vernon Dobchev doing his usual uh, hangdog stuff. Jess Conrad, or I, I know I said stars, but Jess Conrad's in there as well. And just supporting casts. You've got an awful lot of people like Jeremy Lloyd's in there, Roger Delgado's in there. Peter Bowles is in there for a coffin and spit. Frank Thornton. And, and you know, there's lots and lots of cameos as well. Patrick Allen, remember him as the as the Barrett man? And people like that are in there, you know, it's um there are a load of people in here. 83 of them. And really, it doesn't feel as though they are um, not needed. There are some really big set pieces here. But first of all, for the plot. It's a nice idea. Diana Rigg is someone who um, believes fervently that taking life is not the thing to do. And over the past few decades, Assassination hasn't been a very precise undertaking. But suddenly it became more precise, more successful. Why? Because of a group called the Assassination Bureau. A shady, shadowy group who take money to assassinate people, but only if they are, in inverted commas, evil. They won't just kill somebody. They will weigh whether or not that will help in the European political and social realm. And what she wants to do is she poses as a, um, a writer, a, um, a newspaper writer, and she goes to the newspaper owned and edited by Telly Savalas, who happens also to be a member of the Bureau, but she doesn't know that, 
who says, I want to write about the Assassination Bureau. Of course he's interested, because if it bleeds, it leads. And also what she wants to do is she wants to meet the head of the Assassination Bureau, who is, of course, the very suave and gorgeous Oliver Reed as Ivan Dragomilov, who's talking 19 to the dozen, very smart, wisecracking, talking so quickly but so precisely. I can understand everything he says. It's wonderful to see. He has it all in hand, all of the time, and it's marvellous. So she sees him and says, I want to um, have somebody assassinated. And he says, well, we have to weigh who that is. And there's a sliding scale, depending on how important that person is. Who do you want assassinated? And she says, Ivan Dragomilov. And he says, I will need some more information. Where was he born? She tells him, what does he look like? Rather like you. And he says, I believe you want to have me assassinated. That's correct. I will definitely take that job. It'll be more expensive because I'm something very special, having inherited the Assassination Bureau from my father. And he takes that opportunity. So what he does is he brings the people around the table and says, here is our latest job. The assassination target is me. And not only will I give you the fee that I've been paid, which is 25,000 or 20,000 pounds, but I will also add 100,000 for any of you around this table who can do the job. So that is set up beautifully. And we go all around Europe. So we go to, you know, we, we go to Vienna and Paris. You know, the first part takes place in a brothel with, um, with um, Beryl Reed as, uh, as the Madame. And, you know, and, and the first person to, to be killed there. And there's, and, and there's an enormous caper in this way. It's an enormous um, caper when the police enter the situation. They, they enter the brothel. And of course, everybody's running to get out. Lots and lots of extras. Loads and loads of things happening. Beautifully um, directed, really. It's, it's really, all these set pieces are really well done. They look so fine. They look so uh, deep reds and, uh, and velvet burnished and all of that kind of stuff. And directed really well by Basil Dearden, who has done so much in the past. You know, this was his second to last film, I understand. You know, and he's, he's done so many uh, movies, you know. Um, and it's really well done. He keeps the, the pace up. Um, and everything is handled very, very well, considering these are big set pieces that can get out of hand. There's also an enormous set piece in, um, in, in Vienna, when they are, um, when Kurt Jurgens takes over and says, I need to do this, I'll, I'll take over this. And there is an enormous dance sequence in a, in a club. And he feeds him a, um, he feeds him a, a German sausage. Yeah, shades of hello, hello, I know. And, you know, hello, hello takes quite a lot from this, or certainly from the intention of it. And um, it has a bomb in it, of course. It's a lovely moment because Kurt Jürgens puts uh, a, a big black wig on and a tash, and he goes out there and says, I'll finish this. But he gets jostled by all the dancers, trying to keep the bomb from falling on the floor, of course, because it will explode gets to the table, and of course, his wig skew whiff and his, his tash is half hanging off, he doesn't realise this, and Reed instantly sees it's him, takes the, uh, 
the sausage and throws it to him. He throws it somewhere else and it happens to fall on the plate of the visiting Archduke Ferdinand. Now we know that his assassination is thought to have been a catalyst for the First World War. And Telly Savalas is loving this because he is trying to foment war. He wants to be the head of the Assassination Bureau, of course he does. He has a vested interest, but also he has a vested interest in war, reporting it and making money off it. As he says, gentlemen, put your money into armaments. This is what he wants to happen. He wants to destabilise things in Europe. In the Assassination Bureau, because of their the way they picked their assassinations, was keeping Europe stable. So it's a very interesting situation and a, a very interesting concept. Some of the scenes you have are uh, Warren Mitchell doing a very taut, precise, um, middle European person. You could do that sort of thing in the 60s and into the 70s too. I'm looking at you, Peter Sellers. You could do that sort of thing. And he's a bank manager who expects Ivan to be coming to the bank to try and finish him off. Because as he says, you tried to kill me and I'll try to kill you. So somebody comes in who's dressed up as a derelict man who has a strong box, he says full of money. And of course, Warren Mitchell pulls a gun on him and says, get out, throws his box out into the street. It's full of cash, of course. In the meantime, Diana Rigg, who has been shadowing Ivan Dragomilov, in the brothel, she thinks it's a hotel. It isn't, with hilarious results. And she's with him. She, he just says to her, can you take a bag into the uh, into the bank? They do that while everybody's outside picking up the money. They go back in, explosion, another one bites the dust. And Clive Revel is in here. Clive Revel got so much work in the late 60s, into the 70s. He's even in a, an episode of Columbo doing a very dodgy Irish accent. But he was big enough to be the villain, the murderer, in an episode of Columbo. And that's something to be, not to be sniffed at. And he is uh, an Italian gentleman who has a beautiful wife, but she is um, enamoured of their servant, Jess Conrad, so they poison him. So Oliver Reed doesn't even need to do this, but he uses this. There's a lovely moment where he goes to see her. He knows she's dispatched her husband. And he sees her putting poison from um, a ring, and it's usually from a ring, isn't it? You know, the ring opens up, poison goes in, sees her doing that, she puts the drink down, and it's in a similar way to, um, with, with many, many comedy movies and comedy thrillers, there is a circular table and he moves it round and says, let's take a chance. He drinks, pretends to die, and this helps him. He's even in the coffin. When Telly Savalas comes to see, he's even in the coffin. How he gets away with it, I won't tell you. Let's leave it to you. And it all ends with an enormous Zeppelin with bombs and they want to drop the bombs on a peace conference because so many leaders will be there and this will cause issues in Europe and war. Kurt Jürgens is there as his second in command. And Kurt Jürgens is a sabre champion, or was the sabre champion of Germany. And he and, and Ivan have a sabre fight on the Zeppelin. And it really works. This kind of 
big set piece really works here lots and lots of big enjoyable times loads of people having a good time lots of tongue-in-cheek but not so much that you would overbalance the movie only at the end do we have more tongue-in-cheek than we can really handle because of course Oliver, Oliver Reed and Diana Reed get together of course they do you know they would and right at the end when they take their hand and walk away from the camera he turns smiles at the camera turns again doesn't wink but he might as well do but the film has earned that kind of breaking of the fourth wall because all the way through what you're saying is it's a story it's a more interesting story than some MacGuffins but really this is to hang all these great performances on and all these great set, great set pieces on but it is a very European film even though it is saying well we're laughing at Germans and we're laughing at French people and we're laughing at the English too Let's not forget that. We're laughing at lots of European people because everyone's as bad as each other. But you know, we do need to get along. Very important now, I think, that it's a great movie. It's a rollicking movie. It's a real adventure movie of the kind that we don't make now. Okay, we can do Ocean's Eleven and all of that. You know, and this is the kind of movie that Kingsman would like to be and nearly makes it but you can't do this kind of movie you can do half of it but you can't say let's get all these people in it's too expensive and people are too frightened to lose their jobs but this is what they did then a really big movie as a juggernaut to drive through those other movies and to hang those other movies off it's a wonderful hour and a half it's a great piece of work good story nice idea Nice philosophy behind it, great performances, some good deaths, and what more could you want on a Saturday afternoon? Four and a half out of five ramble rating. Loved it when I was a kid, love it now. It, it, it really, if you know what you're getting, doesn't age. Seek it out. You won't be disappointed. Trust me. Ta-ta.